Welcome to Dry Clean Only, conversations on fashion and style. I'm Kristen Cole, and this is episode nine, where I sit with the lovely Hanako Maeda, who lives and works between New York and Tokyo on her designer collection, ADM, and gender-neutral collection, ADM Ichi. ADM is available through Neiman Marcus, Bergdorf Goodman, and ADM Online. It sits with lines like Stella McCartney, Monse, Sakai, Co, Adam Lippies. In this episode, Hanako and I discuss Tokyo street style, her stores in Japan, a potential New York City pop-up shop this summer, her collaboration with Naomi Osaka, her memories of growing up in New York City, inspiration points behind ADM, Fall 22 collection that was shown digitally as part of New York Fashion Week, Broadway musicals, Hanako's favorite Japanese restaurants in New York City, her formative internships at Vogue and with Philip Lim, growing up in the fashion business, her upcoming 10-year anniversary of the brand, outerwear, and tailoring. I should note that I recorded Hanako at the tail end of New York Fashion Week, which now seems like a very different time. Since then, so much has happened around the world, and New York Fashion Week, London Fashion Week, and Milan Fashion Week have all wrapped. Paris has just begun, and it goes without saying, I hope that the world has paused, it's held its collective breath. We are stunned, we are brokenhearted as Ukraine was invaded by Russia. We continue to do our work, the shows go on, but it is all with the Ukraine crisis overshadowing everything. Our thoughts and prayers are with the brave people of the Ukraine, in Ukraine, and around the world. I caught myself up on all things Milan Fashion Week a few days late, as it was a bit hard to even look at fashion during such a tenuous, urgent time. But to speak to Milan briefly, the shows that really broke through for me were the new Bottega Veneta by Belgian creative director Matthew Blasi. His debut collection was really strong, simple and stunning, with the thigh-high boots in the house's signature woven intricato leather, a real standout for me. So gorgeous. Prada naturally really shined. It's always one of my favorite collections, and this one for Fall 22 felt very nostalgic 90s very nostalgic 90s Prada, that is, with the simple white tanks, the ugly prints, the shears, the runway seemed to beg for a 90s Kate Moss to be walking in it, but was so firmly rooted in this moment, opening with Kaya Gerber in one of my favorite looks and closing with Hunter Schaefer in a very similar look. I myself moved to New York City in the 90s to attend college and bought myself a Prada bag, uh, which was my first designer bag, and that's when I really, you know, fell in love with Prada. So anything Prada 90s, I, I want it all. Uh, with two of the most influential fashion houses in Italy uh, opening their collections for fall with a simple white tank top, I would expect that piece to make quite a comeback this summer uh, in terms of styling pieces, and, you know, that's pretty great and accessible to everyone. Speaking of Hunter Schaefer, Euphoria season finale has just aired, marking the conclusion of one of fashion's biggest obsessions of the moment uh, until next season. And congrats to Heidi Bivens, the show's extremely talented costume designer, for cementing this show so firmly in the fashion zeitgeist. And I should, but I can't help myself. Um, 
but to mention the best and most wonderful cultural distraction from our sad and fragile world this week, which was Julia Fox's strange commentary on being a muse for yay and uncut gems or uncut jams, uncut jams, uncut jams. Anyways, thank you to TikTok and my husband for playing that phrase on repeat over the weekend. I'm looking so forward to getting that out of my head, but not there yet. So anyways, on to what we are here for, my conversation with the inspiring and lovely Hanako Maeda, who I've caught up with over Zoom from her office in Tokyo. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's really nice to meet you. So I used to carry your line, but I don't think we ever met. Probably between, you know, me traveling all the time and you traveling between Tokyo and New York. And congratulations. I heard it's your 10-year anniversary. Yeah, time really flew by. It's yeah. um, so crazy to think that 10 years has passed already. I, I feel mm. like uh, we almost lost like two and a half years due to the pandemic. And- I know. It, it feels like such a strange amount of time. It feels like forever and like a blip. Yeah. <laughs> so how much time do you spend in New York and in Tokyo? Pre-pandemic, um, I used to travel back and forth like every two to three months. So okay. um, I have a studio in New York um, and um, I have a small team there, um, but the headquarters, our main offices is in Japan and all of our factories are in Japan. So okay. uh, most of the production process is uh, in Japan and we also have a um, atelier in Japan as well. So we have like in-house powder makers and like sewers and um, we do a lot of development in Japan as well. So Amazing. Uh, the New York team is more of like a creative hub. So um, and, and sales and PR and communications and sales maybe. And yeah. PR. So they do like a lot of like initial research um, in terms of like vintage textiles or like looking at trim. I also have a couple of designers working there as well. So they do Amazing. more like the initial like research portion and Amazing. then the actual sample development and production is all done in Japan. Very cool. And you grew up between New York and, and Tokyo? Yes. So um, my parents, uh, they have a fashion business in Japan. Uh, their line is called um, Foxy. It's F-O-X-E-Y. And their aesthetic, I would say, is similar to like Christian Dior, Valentino, um, Oscar de la Renta. Beautiful. A little more formal, a little more lady. So they actually started their um, company like 45 years ago so oh my god so you so grew I, up in the business I grew up in the business my mother she actually used to have a store um on Madison Avenue um inside the Carlisle what was it I think it's now um Gabriella Hurst oh but- yeah I, I know that spot very well <laughs> Bemelman's um, and the Carlisle and oh yeah it's a great spot her store was called um, Noriko Maeda, and she had her store, I think it in like the 90s, like mid 90s, when I went to school, uh, I was still in elementary school. And then uh, my mother, she was operating the store. Uh, and then 
My father, he's the CEO of Foxy, and he also um, at the time was managing all the business in Japan. So, so Foxy is mostly direct to retail. We have um, 18 stores within Japan in Tokyo. Um, Osaka, Nagoya, like different Kobe, like Kyoto, different cities throughout Japan. So Amazing. Even our stores within department stores like Isetan and Mitsubishi yeah. and Kashimaya, yeah. they're all like shopping shops. Okay. So um, from very early on, I had a little bit of a different idea of what fashion business is because yeah. um, they didn't do any wholesale. So their business model is Similar, maybe more to like Ralph Lauren, like、yeah. the brands that have their own retail stores. A lot of our、um, sales staff are our employees, so、mm-hmm. it really feels like a family, and、yeah. there's a lot of communication in between different departments. It doesn't feel like design and production and sales is all separate. It's、yeah. almost like one entity and. We have meetings every month with、mm-hmm. all of the、um, store managers from throughout the country, and they they used to come travel to Tokyo like pre-pandemic, but now、yeah. we have everything via Zoom. Do it virtually, yeah. Yeah, but、um, it's really helpful to have that the conversation the ecosystem. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes when you only do wholesale, you feel like you're very removed from、yeah. like. The customer and the woman that actually wears your pieces, and、yeah. you feel like you're more caught up in like trends or like、um, what the editors are looking for, or, like what's being shot yeah. now.、Um, it's so Im- it's so important to have that direct line of communication with your customer. As as a longtime retailer, I was always providing that you know back to our designers, but. You know, as things have evolved with social media, and I'm always urging designers to open up their own shop for that very reason. It's so important to get to know your customer. You know, I agree, and I think personally, I find it very enjoyable as well. Like it's、yeah. always fun to hear、uh, what pieces they liked, and、totally. also not just the current collection, but、um, our customer. We have a lot of loyal customers, both from Foxy and now Adium, because we have three stores in Japan, and we also hold a lot of events,、um, and we do a lot of trunk shows for、yeah. um, all of our clients. That's so smart. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear, like, oh, like I really love that piece from like a couple seasons ago, and like I still wear it, and. It's become a staple in their closet, and、yeah. it, it's not like when we release a new collection, you have to like throw out your entire wardrobe and like、yeah. create a new one. It's kind of like adding new pieces, but then you keep your favorites. So,、yeah. like hearing what sticks and what in、yeah. their wardrobes that are really helpful as a designer to know, because then you know, like, okay, the really successful pieces are the ones that kind of like. Yeah. Stuck with them, and it's something that they want to keep, and something that the, our customers might want to hand down to their friends or like、totally. their. What um? What do you feel like are your key pieces? I just watched, and and thank you for joining me during Fashion Month. I know it's like. Such a whirlwind time right now, but I just I watched your fall twenty two digital presentation and it was gorgeous. I love it. Can you tell me a little bit about the woodsy set design and the music and the mood? So for this collection, I really wanted to focus on my beginnings in New York. Some of my earliest memories, just being in the city, and、um, I first moved to New York when I was five, and 
I went to elementary school in the city and then I moved back for a little bit to Tokyo for middle school, but then I moved back for high school and then I stayed for college. So I have and a you lot went of, to Columbia, right? I went to Columbia for、um, college for undergrad. I just have a lot of memories like during the fall time when you start school, and my school is really close to Central Park. So I just remembered like wearing my school uniform and then like walking through Central Park and、yeah. seeing the fall foliage and like just how beautiful that was. Yeah, I, I feel that watching that video very much. Yeah, it feels like a New York fall, but very nostalgic. Yeah, so、um, that sort of became like the initial inspiration, and then I was also thinking about my fall twenty thirteen collection, which was、um, the first collection that I showed at New York Fashion Week, and、um, I did a presentation inspired by Into the Woods, the musical. Yeah, yeah I saw、um, that. Yeah, I'm also a huge、um, musical nerd, so <laughs> I、okay. love Broadway.、Um, I've seen like one of the first、um, performances of like Wicked, and I went to see Spring Awakening with Liam Michelle. So like,、Amazing. musical. So you incorporate that world a little bit into the collections. Yeah. So,、um, so my first collection it had a little bit more like literal inspirations of the fairy tale characters,、um, inspired by like Little Red Riding Hood and like Rapunzel and、mm-hmm. uh, Cinderella, but. For this collection, it was more about like the fantastical mood and like this idea of like a fairy tale, and I thought that that fused really well with this idea of like New York City during fall time and、yeah. uh, and escape. More- I think everyone is you know feeling escape right now, and <laughs> I agree. Escape to anywhere. <laughs> So、um, that was my inspiration, and some of my favorite pieces from this collection are the outerwear pieces. Oh my god, the the padded、so、quilted. It's done in quilting, and that coat is very interesting. It because you can wear almost in five ways. Oh my god, I love that. Come off, and also the hem comes off. So like you can wear it as a long coat. And when you take off the sleeves, it becomes a long gilet, like a vest. Beautiful.、Um, and then when you take off the hem, it becomes like a short vest, or you can put the sleeves back on, and it becomes like a short jacket. So amazing. That that opening coat, yeah. I mean, that's such a standout piece. That's so beautiful. I loved the、um, the plaid trench too. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah.、Um, Outerwear has really become like one of our signatures and tailoring as well, and. Um, what I've really been working on for the past few seasons is this idea of convertibility, and I feel like、uh, convertibility is much more important now, just because people want to feel like there's more value to one piece. So、yeah. it's not like okay, like this is the look, like you have to wear it this way. Like you、yeah. can really style it in multiple ways, and like it's value. Also- Yeah, it's good value, and it also makes the piece more seasonless, which I think is very important.、Um, not just because you can wear the piece longer, but also because even within one season, like for example, in Tokyo, it was snowing last weekend, and then、yeah. today it's like sixty degrees. So no, in New York too, it's you know fifties、yeah. one day and then nineteen the next. It's just、um, yeah, that's great. I love that. And tell me a little bit about Ichi, which I know you're on your. Uh, second season, and this is a a gender neutral collection. Yes. So、um, I've had this idea of a gender neutral collection for a really long time because 
um, in Asia, especially in Japan, I think this idea of gender is a little bit more fluid when it comes to fashion. Mm -hmm. And um, especially the younger generation, like, uh, like people in their 20s and also in their 30s, they're less concerned. I think also because I grew up in the US, I felt this way more when I came home to Tokyo. A lot of my guy friends here um, in Japan, they shop like women's wear and like yeah. some brands don't even dif- like yeah. sometimes brands like Yoji and Comb, they don't put like Om or like right. women's like right. it's, it's just not like, as big of a deal. Yeah. It's just not as big of a deal and there isn't a stigma of like oh like if you're a guy like you know you have to wear trousers or like you have to dress a certain way so um I just thought that way of thinking is very liberating ichi means one in Japanese and I have this idea of like a unity through clothing so it doesn't ma- matter if you identify yourself as a woman or a man yeah. or identify yourself as being non-binary I thought that um, having clothing or fashion that can be shared amongst different people uh, feels there's more freedom and there are less restrictions and you don't have to be confined within the societal boundaries so I love that I really like nurtured this idea for a long time and last year um, I thought it was really appropriate to introduce this idea because um we launched our uh, e-commerce site in 2020 and a lot of pe- a lot of our customers now are also shopping online on adium.com so yeah. having this collection that is a little bit more oversized and it's less about like very fitted constructed clothing and it's a little bit more casual and also the price point is a little bit more affordable than the main collection. It looks so- very cool. I liked the the skateboard jacket. Yeah, it's really cool. I thought it was great. I've been to Tokyo only once about 10 years ago, but it blew my mind and I just was like so so impressed with the fashion. I mean, just everywhere you go, everyone is dressed and you know, neighborhoods have their different style, but everyone just, you know, really takes a lot of pride in their dressing. I think I stayed in uh, Shinjuku, Shibuya, maybe. I don't remember. What are some of your favorite neighborhoods to go to in terms of like Tokyo street style or just to kind of, you know, take in the different ways of dressing? Um, well, in terms of um, Tokyo fashion and especially like youth culture, I think Harajuku has always been a hub. Um, yeah. That's where a lot of the um, streetwear brands like A Bathing Ape originated, also like Undercover. Um, a lot of those brands kind of like came out of Harajuku. So yeah. I think that's one of the biggest hubs of fashion. Also recently, um, Nakameguro, which is kind of like in between uh, Harajuku. It's close to both Harajuku and Shibuya. Um, it's become one of those like more like understated it's not like super trendy but um, I would say it's closer to kind of like if Harajuku is like Soho mm-hmm. I would say Nakameguro is more like the Lower East Side like okay. there are a lot more like indie boutiques like yeah. boutiques that carry um, exclusive like cool but understated or yeah kind yeah, of it's a little bit more like laid back and flat. yeah um, I think Nakameguro is also very interesting. Um, and then Daikanyama, which is also close to Nakameguro. Um, 
is also very interesting, I think. Um, Takayama is a little bit more elevated than Nakamagro. I would say it's, um, in terms of like New York City, I would say it's mm -hmm. close to like the West Village. Okay. There are some European stores, like um, APC has uh, like a really big store in Takayama. There's also yeah. uh, an interesting record store called Bonjour Records um, in Daikanyama. And um, there's also a huge art bookstore in um, Daikanyama called Daikanyama Tea Site. Mm. And they carry a lot of like art books and like that's also like, architecture books. And oh, that's like so my jam. I love that. Yeah, I would say that Daikanyama is really interesting to, for like, like a lot of artists and also yeah. like architects if they want to do research. Very cool. So I would say like those three spots are kind of like the hubs of Japanese like culture. That That's kind of relevant fashion. Yeah, I stayed at the Park Hyatt in Tokyo, which was in Shibuya. Is that right? I can't uh, I remember. Shinjuku. Maybe Shinjuku. It, I Honestly, it's, it's all like a blur to me, but it was <laughs> such a beautiful, um, amazing city. And yeah, just like the shopping and the food was just, yeah, so incredible. Where are your stores in Tokyo? Which neighborhoods? Our flagship store um, is inside Tokyo Midtown in Roppongi. And Tokyo Midtown is very interesting because uh, it's connected to the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Tokyo and um, we're on the first floor and our store is next to Tazaki and then across from ADM is Harry Winston and Volextra. So it's more of like a luxury like shopping complex. Yeah. But in the second floor and third floor, they also have like boutiques that um, carry different Japanese designers like Sakai and like Kong. Right. And, so like um, multi-label boutiques and things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. They also have um, a Issey Miyake store, a Please Please store inside the shopping complex. So I think it's like a mix of like European high-end. Luxury uh, and yeah. And Japanese brands as well. So um, cool. yeah. I Would really you ever... Would you ever open a store in New York? Yes, we we want to. We're, yeah. we're actually, um, we have an excited collaboration coming up and I can't share a lot of details yeah. about it. But yeah, but yeah we, we're planning to do a pop-up um, during the summertime when it's a little bit warmer. In cool. New Great. New York needs it. There's, you know, so many retailers left. I am encouraging a lot of designers, you know, to take that leap because... So many of the boutiques are gone and, you know, it's really just so revitalizing when people open up new shops. Yeah, I think, I definitely think when um, tourism opens up, there will be like more of that energy back in New York City. Yeah. Uh, right now for our U.S. business, Florida and Texas is really strong. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but we're, we're hoping that things will come back to I New think, York. Also. I think New York will feel, who knows, but I think it'll feel better starting this spring. You know, last spring we had this huge, you know, wonderful resurgence after everyone got vaccinated and then Delta and Omicron and all of that. We'll see, but I think and hope that, you know, this spring will start to feel a lot better. Yes, I'm feeling hopeful. I always try to keep myself hopeful. cautious. Yeah, cautious. Yeah. Cool. Same, same. Speaking of collaborations, your collaboration with Naomi Osaka, I'm such a fan of hers. How did that come about? Yeah, so it's very interesting because um, in 
2019, we received an email from someone on Naomi's team introducing themselves and, um, you know, saying that Naomi is a huge fan of Idiom and she wants to collaborate with the brand. And at that time, uh, Naomi had not uh, worked with anybody else. So she still wasn't that involved with uh, projects outside of tennis. So I was just really surprised and I was always talking about Naomi and how um, I'm a huge fan of Naomi. I also feel a connection with her because we always, we both um, share our Japanese heritage. So um, yeah, I was really surprised. And, I, and in the beginning, I was like, wait, is this really someone from Naomi's team? Because it right. was like out of the blue. So, right. was- yeah, so I was um, talking to Blair from my team and I was like, wait, like, can we like, actually check if this person is from IMG because we have like his email was like from IMG but yeah. we never know in this day and age so like someone from my team called um Naomi's representative and then it was actually someone from her team so we started chatting and um yeah we clicked immediately and she really and wanted it's a, it's a ready-to-wear capsule right Yes, it's a ready-to-wear capsule yeah. from the beginning Naomi really wanted to do something that was as outside of athletic wear. I didn't know this about her, but her and her sister, they used to sketch a lot. Um, They're in between like tennis tournaments when they were like traveling. She said that that was kind of like her pastime when she was like in her dad's car, like traveling with her sister and just like um, sketching like what she loves and like what she would want to wear when she grew up. So that's so um, cute. Yeah, it was, it was really, um, it was sweet to see like all of her work and like she sent us her sketches and really like a hands-on process. So she came to um, our studio that summer, um, right before the US Open. And we did a lot of like initial like uh, exchanges of ideas and like seeing her sketches and also like showing up, showing her like our sketches and yeah. like that we had and then so it's a after, real collaboration yeah um after that like a lot of the fittings were done via zoom because she was traveling around the world um for the her tennis tournaments like yeah. in australia and like in europe and like yeah. even in china and it was like it was really a whirlwind i was really happy that we were able to do the show together in um fall 2020 yeah it was actually our um last in-person show like pre-pandemic like yeah. right before uh, everything kind of like worsened yep. in March so, yeah yeah <laughs> I remember yeah. but you'll come you'll come back to the physical runway for 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 September fashion week right yes that's what we're planning um right. as a as part of a celebration for the 10-year anniversary of the yeah. brand um and I also love September fashion week because Same. it's so like, yeah I hate it's February so yeah, it's so warm outside. And uh, when I was in college, one of the reasons I became to really be serious about pursuing fashion was because of my internships um, during college. Um, I interned at um, American Vogue and also Philip Lim's studio. And I feel like a lot of those experiences, just like being there and helping out with um, when I was working for Philip, I um helped out a lot for fashion week as well and it was still at um brian park so yeah so it was really fun like carrying all of the samples and like helping out with the dressing and doing all that stuff so it was so chic when it was at brian park i miss those days (laughs) i mean 
Yeah, um, there was like a sense of community, I feel, yeah. because every like all, most of the shows were on site. So and it was smaller, you know, there was, yeah, was just smaller. the community was smaller. It was yeah. all physical, not digital. You know, it's just a very yeah. different time. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, when I was at Vogue, the office was still at Four Times Square. Yeah. And um, I used to work at that time um, in the Grace Building on Bryant Park as well. So I remember those days very well. And yeah, it was a different time. Yeah, it was it was very interesting because um, I assume that most of the communication now is digital. So like everything is done, like, you know, and I'm sure they have like a messenger. So like interns don't go pick things up, but like everything was kind of like in that area where, um, in the garment district general vicinity. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the designers, like um, I think like Ralph Lauren had their um showroom in um that area as well, and yeah. like Oscar and like a lot of these yeah. brands. So I interned for Vogue for like uh, a semester and a half and then for Philip for um during the summer before yeah. up until September Fashion Week. Yeah. But um yeah, it was a really great experience because just and I feel like um, there were less restrictions, so they let interns do more things. Um, yeah. I was on a shoot with it was a, it was a shoot on West Side Story, the musical, and mm. Arthur Elcourt was shooting like all of the cast Amazing. of uh, West Side Story from Broadway. Wow! And um, I think it was the cast, and then Coco Rochelle was one of the models that was also in this shoot, mm -hmm. and. I don't know if interns still help out on shoots, but right. like they actually let interns do those kinds of things as well, like helping create the mood boards or yeah. like, so yeah. I feel like it was a time where like, even if you were just an intern, like you got to like a lot more- Get your hands in it a little bit. Yeah. I think it got a lot of people um, excited about the industry as well. Yeah. Like I have a lot of friends uh, from, my um interning years that are still like in editorial or yeah. like they're still in PR or like they're still like on the design side um they're still in still in fashion yeah still in fashion yeah. I think it was a really good experience uh starting out that way yeah very cool any new hobbies or skills or things you've picked up during the pandemic well I think a lot of things became digital now like yeah. a lot a lot of the inspirations for my collections come from like my travels or like going to museums yeah. or like different experience, different physical experiences that yeah. I have. But now I feel like a lot of my research is done online, especially in 2020. There yeah. really wasn't anything you could do when you were under no. a lockdown. Yeah. So I saw a lot of films on Netflix or like yeah. Apple Prime. Um, I also read a lot of books on Kindle. A lot of the experiences became virtual. And yeah. I'm hoping now things are like slowly returning to normal. So yeah. I'm hoping I can travel more and like visit yeah. different places. And I think it's a different experience when you see something in person. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing. I think we're, you know, living a far more blended life, but you know, I think we all yearn for in-person connection again and, you know, to touch and feel things. I mean, I remember the first time I went into a store after, you know, probably 
over a year and I actually went into the Celine on the Upper East Side and I was just like, oh, it smells like fashion. I just want to touch everything and I want to smell the leather. And, you know, it's just it's it's yeah. not the same as what you get, you know, on your on your yeah. phone. It's true. I think like one of the things that I'm really thankful about um, studying art in New York City um, in college, but also in high school, um, yeah. because I do AP art. Mm-hmm. um is the fact that we're so close to so many museums yeah. like if you want to see a Jackson Pollock you can go to the MoMA or totally. like if you want to like I love the Egyptian wing at the Met and yeah. I feel like it's such a special space and yeah. I think New York City is the only place where you can see art from like so many different parts of the world and you can actually yeah. see the artifacts as well so yeah. I think and, and during the pandemic, you can do it safely. I mean, I never stopped going to museums and galleries. That was one of the only things I continued to do in a normal way. And it was almost better because, you know, you have the space to yourself largely, you know? It's true. It's important to find some kind of enjoyment, even in a solo activity, because yeah. I when you're when you can't see your friends or like when you can't see people yeah. uh, it really like takes a toll on you and yeah. like yeah no, and these but, experiences re- re-energize us you know uh, yeah I think another thing that I picked up during the pandemic was cooking I didn't do a lot of cooking um pre-pandemic but um post-pandemic I was cooking a lot of like I learned how to cook um, aqua pazza, which is sort of like an Italian version of like a bouillabaisse. It's like a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. And then I also made curry from scratch with like... Yum. Oh yeah, so good with all of the spices. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. I couldn't like share my cooking with any of my friends, but yeah. I, think I could like share it on social media. So. Totally. totally. And it feels like you've accomplished something when you learn something new, you know? Any great... Japanese restaurant recommendations in New York? What are some of your favorite spots? Yeah, so um, I really like Sushi Na's uh, on the Upper East Side. Um, it's it's a really nice sushi place and yeah. all the um, decor is from Kyoto. So you really, mm-hmm. you really feel like you're in Japan. Yeah. I also feel like um, Uchu on the Lower East Side is a great option. I haven't been there, Uchu sushi bar and um a counter like an omakase counter so mm-hmm. you can enjoy both sushi and uh like a classic japanese style like kaiseki is sort of like a multi-course meal in japan uh that doesn't involve sushi you can enjoy both so i love that place uh, for a more casual option um there are a lot of fun places um in Soho and like downtown. Um, do you like Omen? I do like Omen. Um, they have amazing udon noodles. Yeah. And, like, and um, I love their polka dot um, little napkins and everything. I think it's so cute in there. Yeah. And I feel like um, I just try not to go there during fashion week because yeah. it's so busy. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I love that place too. It's so cute and like quaint and very yeah. quiet as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Love the collection and this um, new Ichi. Is it a capsule or? Um, it's a capsule, but um, I want to continue this for a couple of years and see how yeah. it goes. It's our second collection. And then 
I want to see how it does and then see if we want to um, do another collection for the following year. Cool. Yeah, it seems really smart and really um, of the moment for sure. Cool. Well, thanks, Hanako, for making time and good good morning to you and good night to me. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye.